Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Far, Far Away here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. You're not hearing the voice of the Scotsman at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Mr. Scott is fighting off a uh, cold, so he was not able to join us this evening. Uh, so only his tissue will be able to speak uh, this uh, on this particular evening on this episode of uh, Talking Far <laughs> <laughs> started flapping around like, like Batman's cape back there. Uh, that that was really interesting, Scott. How's it going this evening, my friend? No, I'm still fighting a cold. <laughs> he's he's fighting off a cold. It's that time of year, man. I mean, everybody's fighting off a little something, you know. We we all get sick, and then the spring comes around, and the flowers come back out, and everybody's joyful and ready for some uh, some stuff. Yeah, I'll be glad, but it's still gonna be that colder in spring. Yeah, I know that's the problem. Anyway, happy New Year. Yes, happy 2019. Happy 2019 to all the talking far, far away listeners out there. And uh, listen, Scott, some of the topics that you wrote down for this week I think are absolutely fascinating. And I think that they not only kind of sum up everything that we've seen in Star Wars, but one of the new things, and you saw the brand new logo that was developed for Talking Far, Far Away for this year, and some of the new format going forward is we're going to focus a lot on you, the fans, and... One of the things Scott was talking about is we love ourselves some Star Wars, but some of the best conversations happen outside of the Star Wars universe, and we're going to bring those into this conversation because you know what ends up happening, folks, is it all tends tends to come back together. The Star Wars conversation, the comic book conversation, the canon conversation, and even the DC and Marvel conversation all comes back into one, and that's really what we're going to focus on this year. And Scott, I think one of the things in this week in canon here at the Podcast Network and here at Talking Far, Far Away, is we saw a brand new, uh, number one, season two of Resistance being brought back on. Let's start with that. And that's really great. And I think that it's great for the television series because a lot of Lucasfilm and you know, people who work there are saying, yeah, this was really, you know, you and I were surprised. Yeah, it was marketed to kids, but it took on a very different format. Once we started watching it, well, they kind of confirmed. They said, yeah, we're not we're not tuning out the adult audience. There are going to be tones throughout the next season. And even now with the mid season trailer here, we're seeing little tidbits like you had talked about before Scott, and I'll let you kind of talk about this a little more because you had talked to Ken, even in a conversation, our good friend, Ken Napsok from Collider Jedi council from afternoons with Ken and uh, Josh, which I actually have been beginning to listen to, which is interesting and motivations with Ken, of course, big shout outs, all the, projects Mr. Ken Napsok does and it's that whole aspect of how long can they bring out that kid within us without starting to touch upon some of the darker tones in Star Wars like the First Order we start to really see play out in the mid-season trailer we see our first look at Hux in the mid-season trailer which just adds so much more to leading up to Force Awakens and Scott I'm gonna throw it over to you I feel like this mid-season trailer did a lot in terms of what our initial conversations were was where where is Dave Filoni going to take this? Where does Lucasfilm want to take this new formatted kids show in the Star Wars universe? It's going to take you to the destruction of Hosni and Prime. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. I when I first watched the first 
four episodes when they were released back in was it October, September, October when they were released. Yeah, back? yeah, September, yeah. October, yeah. Yeah, so when they released and I watched all four episodes, I was like, this is not what this show is about. This show is not what the first of all, yeah, kiddish. When they released the trailers, it was very mm-hmm. kiddish. It was like, this is not Star Wars. But it was Star Wars, but it just didn't feel like what we were accustomed to with Rebels and Clone Wars. Sure, sure. So this um, this trailer was a complete role reverse. It really was. Yeah, they showed that this is not, it's not kiddish. It's, it's not. You're seeing General Leia Organa. You're seeing General Hux and the exact recording. It was probably, I don't like he came back and recorded more voice. He, uh, no. The new like he is just taken from Force Awakens and plonked into um, Resistance for that. So you, you, right. you're going to see that moment happen. And then mm, mm. that ties it takes it right up to Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. So yeah, so where's this gonna go? I'm looking forward to it. The First Order is becoming a more of a heavy presence. That's fantastic. There has been confirmation that Kyle Ray's appearing. I thought he would have yes. in the, the trailer. But maybe it's best to keep him back. Like when Vader showed up in Rebels, they kept him back and they brought him in. So we have to right. we have to, you know, be rewarded for watching the first season to see mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it's happening in all of the shows that are prequels or tie-ins with the movies or that like in right. star trek discovery they brought in the enterprise at the end of the first season right right and um, doctor who they did it like in season two of the new season of doctor who like the, yes the reboot well, not reboot but the continuation but in a new way they brought sarah jane back mm-hmm. yep oh my god that's a long time ago now. <laughs> it really was yeah uh, 13 years ago but yeah you see it happen it's like to be rewarded for all the patience mm-hmm. is your reward yeah that's right so, and Rebels yeah. done it very well as well yeah it's interesting because when watching the Resistance mid-season trailer and then of course later on the confirmation that there is going to be a season two for resistance it felt very similar to when we were walking <laughs> into star wars rebels and then also what they did with those first two initial trailers going from season to season season one to season two season two to season three because the big you saw that gap and that difference between season one and season three it was a it was a huge gap they the, the show started progressing towards okay it's showing some themes and tones that really match what a school-aged child would be, see as being good and bad. It's the basics. That's what Resistance is doing. It's showing us, okay, there are going to be bullies out there. There's going to be other people that are bigger than you out there from however soci- society sees you that are always going to oppress you. But it's always those small social situations that play themselves out that you have to learn from. And that's what Resistance has truly shown us with Kaz and the entire crew is that, yeah, you're going to make friends along the way and you're going to have your fair share of battles and much larger issues to deal with. That's what Rebels did too. And then as we see the progression of Ezra and Kanan, the master to the apprentice between season two and season three, leading into the events that happen in season four. And then as we conclude Rebels, it progresses in a certain way. And for everybody who said... We're not sure about resistance. We're not sure where it's going to go. I was somebody after seeing it for a while. I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to start falling behind a little bit. But I said the same thing for Rebels. 
And after season one, the trailer for season two, I started saying, okay, this is progressing in a very interesting way, Scott. It's happening in a way that I feel like it's starting to entice my Star Warsiness that resides inside of me that hasn't been awoken yet. And yeah, I, I feel that resistance has that chance. It really does after this mid season trailer. And I'm glad that they're trying to hook into that early on. And for people who haven't jumped on board or maybe fell off and want to get back on, this is their second ticket on a one-way train that's going to take them into Star Wars, the Star Wars fandom once again through this format. And we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm just trying to think. Every show that's out there has a rocky first season. Of course. Every, every show. That's when you find out what works and what doesn't work. Yep. What works, yep. you take it forward. What doesn't work, you throw it to the side. Mm-hmm. That's where you get to season two and you go, right, here's where we're going and yep. this is how we're going to deal with it. I mean, I can put a private example. If you've watched Star Trek The Next Generation's first season, it's yep. not the best yep. season. Um, and when you compare that to the season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation, it's a completely different show. Yeah, it's true. So Very true. Yeah, I mean, I just look at Arrow, for example. Mm-hmm. The first season mm-hmm. of Arrow. Mm-hmm. It's not like but it's now it's a completely different show. It didn't have the superheroes that are running around like that. Right. <laughs> like, it's true. It's, it's a, very true. It's all came in over the years and it's a completely different show because of it. Even though it's very stay grinded and it's all time, but when they do crossovers, they, they, it's it's a different show when it's it's crossovers. Like Elseworlds yeah. out there. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to what's coming up. I'm excited. I'm excited for Kaz because I think this will be his progression. Mm-hmm. Like Ezra, the kid who kept making mistakes having fights with uh, Zeb, he, he's having that with, uh, I can't remember the characters, the female characters that, that he caused us a bunker with. Oh, yes, I know who you're talking about. The fans out there who are listening can correct us. Can correct us. But yeah, I can see like this all going to change. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. There's one thing, though. How long is BB-8 going to be in this? Because with Karen, he has yes. to go off. Yes. And I'm just trying to think because at the same time, wasn't he in the Podamaran storyline as well? Yeah. Uh, that was like the exact point I was going to bring up was when you look at where the Podamaran comic goes just before the events of Force Awakens and a lot of the re- the resistance missions that are run, some of what do they call it, the reconnaissance missions that once Starkiller base is found out and they start really finding out, oh, maybe the First Order is starting to build something out there. There's a lot of missions that are run. There's a lot of um interplanetary uh disputes that uh leia yeah. wants to solve and a lot of things that poe dameron wants to go out and find one of the biggest ones that bb8 was a major part of and was right there at the beginning of force awakens was the finding of lore santeca before the events of the force awakens and bb8 was a huge part of that and i think it would be great if in resistance we see kaz talking to poe and poe is like ah you know what we're going to find this Lor Santeca guy. You got to keep doing what you're doing. Or does Kaz run alternative reconnaissance missions for General Leia while Poe is out trying to find Lor Santeca and he's mm-hmm. relaying information? That's a true way to take this character, much like they did with Ezra and Rebels, and start taking the events that we know that happen and start connecting them to it. And then we see that broader spectrum of, oh, this makes sense. This is where the canon fits. This is where these characters play such an important role, even though we didn't see him in the films, but we see him in the comic books 
and we see him in the canon on television. And that's that's where that line, you and I always talk about it, Scott. They have to start bridging the gaps. Much like Snoke bridges the minds of Rey and Kylo Ren, they have to start bridging the minds in the fandom between what happens in the comic books, the novels, and television, and start connecting it to what they show us in the films. I totally 100% agree. Yep. It's, it's all binding together like the Force. Beautifully said. Beautifully, beautifully said. So, Resistance, mid-season trailer. If you haven't checked it out, go over to the Star Wars official YouTube page. Go check it out. I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't seen it, because we completely spoiled a lot of things that happened in it. <laughs> and then, please, make sure to check out our friends over at Making Star Wars, Star Wars Newsnet, and over at Fantha Tracks. They have some great articles surrounding Resistance Season 2 being confirmed, some of their thoughts, some of the great people, Jason Ward... Uh, John Huey, John Bishop Jr., some fantastic individuals over at both groups, Fantha Tracks, making Star Wars, Star Wars Newsnet, our friends over there. Make sure to check out their articles surrounding Resistance. And, of course, another great plug I just want to throw in there is Resistance Recap, brought to you by Coffee with Kenobi. I just recently listened to uh, the crew over there talking about Star Wars Resistance, and they've got a real good rap on what's going on there. So please make sure to check out all them and Brick City Blockade for everything happening coming forward and here we're talking far far away of course so scott the next thing on the docket with this week in canon is the mandalorian and we're moving closer and closer to this thing it was recently announced that lucasfilm was just like hey you know what we're gonna give it to you in 2019 what the heck you know everything else is coming out this year we might as well just throw what we don't know what that means they say yeah we're gonna give you the mandalorian well what are you gonna give us my guess with the mandalorian is specifically around Star Wars Celebration. They're just going to drop either some kind of teaser or something for The Mandalorian, and then they're going to build it up across the rest of the year with The Mandalorian through the streaming service. That's that's how I see it. It's not going to be anything major because I think Favreau and Filoni, the entire team, Bryce Dallas Howard, they really want to sit down. They want to knock out this thing, and they want to do it the right way. So that when it hits the streaming service, it makes sense. But what are your thoughts so far, Scott? When you have the Mandalorian here on the docket, what comes to mind? Well, I was watching Collider live the other day, mm-hmm. and they brought up that it might be a limited series. Right, right. That's I saw. That. I was going, yeah. So I'm worried. I'm just worried, wondering if if a limited series means it's only a certain amount of episodes, and that's it. Like. Um, like uh, like the old days when you had a limited series like Roots, that was a limited series right, right or as a limited series like six episodes and then another season, limited series, six episodes you know like a, three seasons that are limited episodes and that's what a limited series could be now because Roxy on Quite Alive was trying to say that what a limited series was about 20-30 years ago isn't what it means now right so right. I'm just wondering, what does it actually mean? Does, uh, are we getting more or are we getting less? Is this just like a one-off series? Are they planning on yeah. doing like, like a, the Mandalorian and then Cassian Andor's series and then do a different series? Are they planning just to do that sort of series? Yeah. I, that's why I was yeah. I brought that into Mandalorianship at Limited Series question mark. I think that we could easily see that answer at Star Wars Celebration, which is why I brought up the whole maybe we get a teaser or something, because that would be the... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if they're going to tell us, it's 
Yeah, don't tell us like right now that it's going to be a limited series because guess what? Everybody's going to be like, what do you mean it's a limited series? What do you mean they're using Pedro Pascual in that way? No, 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 no. Tell them it's Star Wars Celebration because there's so much other news that's going to envelop the Star Wars universe and the fandom that when if you say it's a limited series there, it's like, oh, okay. Look at episode nine trailer. Look at, you know what I mean? There's not, there's not that much other stuff to really when there's no news at all and then you can yeah. say something like that everybody jumps on it and they try to find the negativity within it so if you propose it at star wars celebration you say it's a limited series and you've got all this other news surrounding it it's like eh, we're okay with that it's it's almost the way you have to present it scott and i think even christian harloff has said this in the past on collider jedi council with ken knapsack and the entire crew is he said that if you present information to the star wars fandom like the mandalorian and whatever else it has to be really almost paired up with other things. It really mm-hmm. does because then you really have the fans enticed into it. And then it also adds a little bit more to the series because let's just say Lucasfilm comes out and says it's a limited series. Oh, but here's a, here's another little quick trailer for the clone wars coming at the end of the year. Great. Awesome. It's, it gives a little bit more to 2019 and then you're not always meditating on the thought of, Oh, they made the Mandalorian a limited series. What's that all about? So I think that there's an interesting way of posing what the Mandalorian is without getting everybody fired up because you know that this community gets so fired up so quick. Yeah, well, last year I was kind of done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just to go off the point, though, it just seems to be like last year, it was, ever since Solo, it all kind of went quiet. So yeah. Star Wars has been pretty quiet for the last few months, even though we've had news about this new, like different shows coming. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for it to appear on screen but it's in the movies or the tv series right and fair enough we've had the comics but the books have been quiet as well they have it's only been the comics over the last since may last year that's kind of kept everything going right and thrown a lies which i'm sorry i can't get through that i've had such a hard time with it man and then they announced that they're going to do another thrawn novel and i'm like listen i love timothy zahn i love what he's been able to do with thrawn but just we have focus on master and apprentice. Focus on that's the stuff Gray's developed. Yes, focus on what is it? Queen Shadow. Focus on what that's the two books I want to read. Yes, those are the, those are the two books I want to read because and that's and Claudia Gray, per, yeah. two great fantastic authors. Yes, yeah. Ahsoka from E.K. Johnston, brilliant. Um, Bloodline, uh, Lost Stars, Claudia stuff. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I loved like even though I never really read a book that's five hundred pages like like that, and I cobbled it all up with Lost Stars, and I can't wait to read Master and Apprentice because I will cobble that up. But anything she writes for Star Wars, I will buy. I will read. I will. We don't, I don't usually sit in the bath, but I would take a book out of the bath. This is the <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first, Scott. Uh, you just said that you would take a Claudia Gray novel into the bathroom. You'd even have the little candles all lined up around the outside. I'm right. I'd just gobble it up. <laughs> take exactly. it all that's, a, that's my idea of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how you do it in Scotland. Okay. Uh, moving on to the, uh, <laughs> the next subject here. Uh, what's really cool is we got the Mandalorian, all right? And I and I also talked with Andrew Garish on Words of the Wills more recently about the Vader fan film put out by Star Wars Theory. And he and I got into a little bit of a heated debate. 
about. I hope you're not able to listen because you guys do this when I remember my bed. That's all nice and tucked in. And then he feels a disturbance in the force when I go off on one of the members here. Funny enough, uh, I did wake up during the night, so I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You felt my hatred flow. Um, but yeah, Andrew had his little nitpicky things about the Star Wars fan film. And I, 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 I listen, Scott, you go first because it, we, this is either going to be in complete agreement or I'm going to be going to the dark side very quickly. So you start off. I actually quite enjoy that. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I will be a good boy right now. Yeah, I actually quite enjoy that because it was, you know, it was, again, it was special Jedi Council and I totally 100% agree with Harloff about it. If you've read Lords of the Sith, have you read yes. the Vader comics? Both yeah. versions. Um, I've still got two issues to read. I will get to them. I'm quite behind on the comics, but mm-hmm. I will get to them. Um, but if you've read those, that's the Vader you're seeing in the fan film. It's yes. the Vader, the one who who's angry, you could say Padme, the yes. one who's angry, who wants to kill the Emperor. It's even been documented. like even and, So many times. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Though. He's even said that. And yes, and yeah. back And Revenge of the Sith in Return of the Jedi. He's even wanted to do that. He even said that in Revenge of the Sith, I can overthrow the Emperor, you know? So, and he did it in that. So it's like, but you can see that he could do it. And that's it. Dream <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, <Save it. laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought it was a great new film. Fair enough, you know, the special effects weren't that great and all that. But what do you expect? It's it's an added but to be fair, maybe the sets were but the special effects outside of it were great. Because it yeah. felt like you were actually watching a Star Wars movie. Yes. Um and the head to that bit. I just had this funny feeling that I thought he was going to pad me's grave. There's a great painting out there someone's done where Vader's at Padme's tomb. Oh, you thought he was gonna take that to the almost like the screen style and have him Yeah, I was expecting Oh, so yeah, so I actually quite enjoy that, and yeah. I can't wait to see what it does in the next one. And I don't really watch a lot of fan stuff. Um, I'm not a big mm. fan of it. <laughs> Funny, I'm not a fan of watching a lot of the fan stuff because a lot of it can be done really badly. Yes, of course. Um, I mean, there would be some good ones, but actually, some craps, crap ones. <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, no, I'm not watching that. Um, but this one was a good one. This one was yeah. great. And it, because it did resonate with what I've read in the new mm. canon stuff. Yeah, I think in the canon piece, and the timing of it was absolutely perfect because, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the Vader comics, essentially, but I think at this point it's, it makes a lot of sense, the, the Vader comic has done a lot of what Star Wars Theory shows yeah. in his first episode, or I guess you could say first fan film, of Vader, the, the fan film. And what's so fa- fantastic about it is that if you're coming off of reading that comic and then you see this, it, it just takes the canon and adds an extra layer to it. Because, yeah, it's great when you read a comic and you're able to like almost envision what these conversations are like, what Vader is feeling. Mm-hmm. There's that one scene from the first, I guess you could say, episode where nice. Vader is inside of his healing chamber. And... <sighs> the water comes down and you just see his eyes open and you see the scars that is. And I say this every time when somebody brings it up, Gareth Edwards 
take a note. I almost feel like that's what we should have seen in Rogue One when he was waking up from his bath. Just mm-hmm. that, just his face in that in that scene. And I think it was inspired. I think Star Wars Theory took that moment from Rogue One and just did his own version of it in many ways. He could have, but the problem was if he did that and it's different because it's not a canonized uh, part right, of this right, canon. Right. The problem if you did do that, uh, would you have to get Hayden Christian to come in it? Uh, but you must remember true. you need to do that scene twenty years later. Like it, it would be a made of twenty years older. Right. Right. So how does how would you get to play you, you see the issue, you can't really do that unless you is it Sebastian Shaw's a face of him, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's 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 an extra layer of filmography that would have to go into making sure that it's screen accurate and they make sense. And you bring up an interesting point, Scott. If if it wasn't you, it was going to be somebody, one of our listeners, uh, that if you were to do it, actually, and it's probably better that Star Wars Theory went out and that he did it in his own yeah. fan film, because you're right, it would have taken away from the Krennic Invader jibber jabber scene. And it probably would have taken <laughs> jibba jabba, and it probably would have taken away from that final scene with Vader in the hallway, yeah. as the plans are being passed along. Um, you're right; there are certain aspects of it. I think that's just the inner fan inside of me just geeking out and just saying it. But I mean, I've loved that. But I, I, I to me, I'm glad to shoot. I'm just glad you got to see Vader. Yes, like post, like Revenge of the Sith, and then a little bit of the breathing and whatever yeah. else. Yes. And that's what Mark Alex Vogt brought up when I had him on Make the Jump because he did Odyssey, a Star Wars story, another fan film that's won quite a few awards, uh, both overseas and here in the United States. And he brought up that whole, like you said, Scott, the special effects piece. How much money goes into that? And how much of you really can't take too much of the fans' money to, to make that happen. You are truly independently funding a lot of this stuff and it makes a lot of sense when you look at what star wars theory was able to put together because there are aspects where you're like "Eh," but look at how much money he had to do it with so it makes a lot of sense in also looking at this fan film as a fan film and then making up the canon and making sure it fits within the mold of how you understand star wars and i feel like he did a very good job of that and like you said i i'm so looking forward to the next one because do we see Vader going to Padme's, you know, do we, do we see him touching? He's there on feed. He's there on Naboo when we are left off. So why not at that point? Why not? Uh, what did Andrew say about that? <sighs> All right. So you're purposely trying to get me fired up. Okay. Um, Andrew said that he feels within the canon of Darth Vader that a lot of it doesn't match up. He feels that not a lot of it matches up. But again, you have to take, this is not canon, so you have to. Exactly uh, my point to him. Yeah, this, this is, uh, I, love, I like Andrew, but <laughs> you, have, you have to take this, but I, this is where I, will, I would disagree agree with him as well. You have to take the canon out of it. This is not canon. You do, you this, do. This is not being approved by Lucasfilm. I say we're going to use that. This is not nothing to do with it. You have to just go, this is fan film. Again, I'll say it again, Star Trek continues. That's fan films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's not official Star Trek episodes. Correct. 
it can help to bridge gaps. You can do that and go, well, we did that. But I don't. It's like the old Spanish universe. Are you going to say what happened with Vader? That's not part of where Vader is. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Andrew, love you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Rob and I have spoken. Yes. And I'm sure on Words of the Wills, um, we'll be hearing Andrew speaking of us uh, maybe getting on him a little bit about that. But that's that's beside the point, Andrew. We love you, buddy. And uh, you keep on believing in Star Wars the way you do. You just, you just, you just keep on doing it, man. I love poking the, poking the bear every time. Uh, yeah, so that is this week in canon made possible by Talking Far, Far Away and Mr. Scott Inch over there. And, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Usually when we talk about the fandom, Scott, we don't mm-hmm. talk about it in a certain order or on specific subjects necessarily. No, it's called freeform fandom. And you had some very interesting topics this week and some of the ones that I was not sure of. I, I haven't kept up with a lot of these. And I had to go and do some research. You made me research. And I absolutely <laughs> love when somebody makes me research because it expands your fandom. It's the free form fandom, folks. It's what makes you explore all different things happening in not just the fandom, but in the nerdum. Everything that you see at Comic-Cons, the discussions, it's all coming into one here at Talking Far, Far Away. And Scott, the first subject you bring up, and I finally went to go see Aquaman. Right. And Yes. And I will say this much about it. I can see why it grossed so much. And it just so happened to become the highest grossing DCEU film ever to be put out. And what's so fascinating about it is, and I'm going to tell you right now, I am not a gigantic fan of the Aquaman film. What I do think it does, what I do think it does is I think it sets the DC universe on a very good path film-wise compared to how people have seen it in the past. And the one thing I will say is that I think in terms of fandom of DC fans who may not have been as confident coming out of some of the more recent DC films, Batman vs. Superman I absolutely love, so I'm in a different bracket. (laughs) Scott, you and I are in a very different bracket uh, when it comes to that. Um, but I think that the one thing it did do, and I love Marvel too, it silenced some of the DC haters in many ways. And I like, uh, number one, let me just say this, Jason Momoa as Aquaman was absolutely fantastic. He is the right person to play Aquaman in my mind. And then of course Black Manta comes in and (laughs) forget about it. I'm a huge Black Manta fan. So that, that just ends it. Well, he's a very good. Uh, this is the second time that he's, yes. Jason Momoa is involved in something to do with Atlantis. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, we see him in Justice League, and we see, you know, almost like an intro. It was a grand introduction to a lot of these uh, characters and whatever else. But Ben Affleck, Batman's always going to be Ben Affleck, Batman, and Flash is always going to be Flash. But. Um, the one thing that I do like about how Aquaman was presented in Justice League and how it transitioned, flawless transition in my mind, going from Justice League into Aquaman, is that the film was fun. It was a fun film. And it did so many different things for the character of Aquaman. And the one thing I was never sure of, Scott, is that are we going to see the classic Aquaman colors? Are we going to see him with the trident, with the orange top and the green bottoms. And we finally see that happen. And I love the callback to the classic, 
classic lore of Aquaman. There are little tidbits here and there within that film that you look at. And I was thoroughly impressed with what they put out. Am I a gigantic fan of it? I'm a picky movie viewer, Scott. There are little things that I'll go through and I'll see. And I'll be like, eh, okay, all right. At the time, makes sense. When you look back at it, I'm sure even some of the people behind the scenes are like, "Ah." but that's any movie project. Overall for you, Scott, it makes sense. It makes sense that this Mm -hmm. was the highest grossing DCEU film. Yeah. Overall. Am I wrong <laughs> in anything that I say? You being truly our DC guy, we go to you to really to really uh, dig into these subjects. Well, let's put it this way. As much as you and I love Batman and Superman, and Superman and Batman are like the crown jewels of DC. Yes. They have to come to realize that like Marvel with Spider-Man, with, like, the X-Men. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, or Token Man. Yes, correct. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy as well. And DC did too. And DC has now realised that, you know, you've got the Flash, the Green Arrow, characters mm-hmm. on Legends of Tomorrow, you've got, um, i to think, just like the Black Lightning, Supergirl. Um, yeah, you know, Supergirl is a great one. Yeah. Um, all these shows, I mean, they've got more, com- Batwoman as well. Yeah, that woman, yeah. Um, all these characters who are now getting their, their light shown on them. Mm-hmm, and, it's, mm-hmm. and Aquaman was the one who got his light shown on him. Right. And the same with Wonder Woman. Um, and it, I think it shows that, you know what, DC, you can't have, you can't always depend on Batman and Superman. That's right, that's right. I mean, this right now with Superman, if you bring them into the Arrowverse and having them there, like just recently in the crossovers, and I'm assuming he'll be back for the crossover next year, which yeah. I'm really excited for. Crisis I'm in for the Earth, so I don't know how they're going to do it. That's not a four episode art, you can just do four episodes. That's, That's a right. big art you, you can have to do. Um, I'm going to read it, um, I'm going to gobble up, I've got two versions, I've got a nice hardback version, and I've got the trade paperback version, so I'll be gobbling all that up. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think it's just, uh, it, you know, it, Aquaman's always been the butt of the joke. For this, yeah, it's for true. Really has been. Watch the Justice League animated series back in the day. Well, some of them, some of our listeners might be a bit too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, because I was I was fifty when that show debuted. So yeah, when hopefully, um, and the Aquaman and that had a hook. I don't see Aquaman now having a hook. No. Um, but the Aquaman and this is more close to the Aquaman in the New Fifty Two and the Rebirth yes. series. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm glad that it's made almost a billion. I think it's going to get confirmed tomorrow, making a billion. Yeah, that's what um, I'm hearing if too. If it makes more than the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, that's crazy. If it does, then um, I think Batman would be the big pop. As much as Batman's a popular, everyone will go see Batman. But I think it'll show DC that, it, that it's time to move on from just having. Batman is Superman. I mean, they've started yep. to put yep. Batman, we Batman into Titans. So I, I don't understand the right, the, right. The, like the reluctance to put Batman into TV. It's like it, that's where it, it went first. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That was the original format for Mister Batman. Yeah, well, back in nineteen forty, it was done in the theater in fifteen minute segments. It's like come right. back this week to see the Titanist episode. Da 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 da. Right, right. Um, serials back in those days, um, and then the other show. So yeah, I'm just very pleased by it. Yeah, and it is very I, pleasing. 
I had a tear when Aquaman came out in his classic costume. I literally, yes. had, yeah, yeah, I cried. Yeah, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I had a tear. I, I, could, I was no. crying. That tells you how passionate you are for it. And and I'll be honest with you, I got a little emotional too when I saw him come out in that suit because, as a kid, when you are reading freaking comic books, and you are reading the Justice League comic books, and you're reading just it it. it just all the DC comic books that Aquaman has ever blessed himself onto. And you see that iconic suit. It, it is, it just, it just tears at your heartstrings. You're like, why are you doing this DC? Why do you make me cry in the theater? This is not a place. I do not want salty tears on my salty popcorn. It is not a place to work with that. I like it buttered. I don't like it salty with tears. I don't know about you, Scott, but salty tears on popcorn does, is, is not one of the best things. And it's probably not good for your health either. Uh, I, 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 I've been, I've had salty popcorn. You have made me have some lash to you about <laughs> a lot of years ago. Uh, when you passed asleep during American Day. <laughs> I'm glad I slept in that movie. That movie was terrible. All right, all right. All oh, right, like all smuggling right. more drugs? Oh, no. Oh, oh boy. Oh. Well, due to the fact there was a plane scene where it was, he jumped in over his settings, I woke up for that and I fell back asleep. Come on, I had been up for almost 24 hours. I know, that's the thing too, is like, let's go see a movie, but I want to sleep for a good portion of it. <laughs> <laughs> which is great, which is great. Um, I should, what I should do to it is some pro plus with me. <laughs> when you come back over, we are going to get you a nice bit of rest and then we will go see a film. Yeah. Or a we should just spend a day at the theater. How is that? I don't want to spend a day at the theater. Oh, there's not <clears> a <throat> good rainy day at the theater, Mr. Edge. If it's pissing down, yeah. Okay. Is like, I'm not paying for the tickets. Scott is in there. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be something good, not something terrible. Oh. I know. Well, oh, what? Uh, we should just do a bad movie day. But anyway, that's the <laughs> just sitting there when there's nobody in the theater and just comment on them and record yeah. it. It was a sexy in the city type movie, and we'll see how long we can last. All right, there is the next Brick City poll for talking Fire Fire Away over on Patreon. Is what film do you want Scott and I when we, he comes over to go in and do a complete? Or you come review. over here. Or you come yeah, over here. Come, that'd be even better. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna throw that poll up probably within the next couple months once it makes a lot more sense, and then uh, we'll we'll let the fans uh, choose of the upcoming films which ones make the most sense or maybe it's a classic one who knows maybe we'll sit down and we'll take a look at casablanca one more time and we'll we'll break down the good old casablanca reform fandom yeah so superman the mm. red sun animated is coming it's coming scott and i took a look into because i really haven't followed superman as much in my life i've always been a batman kind of guy and it's over, <laughs> well, that's, that is true. Uh, but overall, can you give the fans out there who maybe don't know what Superman Red Sun is all about, just give them a quick rundown of what it's all about and why this headline is so important to you Superman fans out there. Right, so Superman is a, it's the same like the Dark Knight Returns, the Gotham by Gaslight, um, and all the stuff Superman, I feel a bits and bobs, and Kingdom Come, anyway, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. all Elseworlds stories. Now, oh. Elseworlds, they just did that in the CW, yes, that's where they got the titles from. Elseworlds is stories that are not part of the official um, 
comic books. So right, right. The current run. So Red Red Sun Superman is what if Superman didn't crash land in Kansas Smallville, he crash landed in the Soviet Union during Stalin's Pendy era. Oh wow. Um I haven't officially read it. I've read mm-hmm, synopsis mm-hmm. of it. I have just bought the comic. Oh wonderful. That's what I've always been to pick up. Um uh, I bought it for four three, four pounds from Forbidden Planet. It is Oh, good old Forbidden Planet. Good Forbidden Planet. So I got it. Um I'm you should see my pile of comics now I've got to read. Um <laughs> along with the Star Wars ones. I don't know how to find time for everything. Right. Um so yeah, basically that's what it's about. And <laughs> I'm I never thought it'd be done in animation because I thought they would stay clear of it. Mm-hmm. But they, after them doing Gotham by Gaslight, I wasn't. They've done it on the DC animated movies, some of the best ones they've done under the Red Hood. They've done, um, I've got them all over there. They've just done the first part of the Death of Superman. They're, re, they're doing the second part, which is out. Well, I'm going to see it on Monday night in the cinema. Oh, uh, nice. They've done The Dark Knight Returns as a two parter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and New Frontier so it's I'm interested I'm looking forward to it um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how Superman is the enemy to the America mm. than being the other way around yeah that's a very different take on and I think a very different take on the Superman that a lot of us Americans understand which is the hoorah original superman that we saw that was in full form dedicated to america protecting the people the really the world war ii hero aspect of superman and now we're seeing that twist we're seeing well superman ain't always american he he likes himself a little treachery and uh it's a very very just from researching it and taking a look and looking at some online conversations about this this storyline is it's flipping the switch on Superman, and I love it when comic books and this announcement and this possibility of this animated series that kind of follows it, that we're going to see that play out because flipping the switch in comic books means that you're pleasing both sides of the fandom. There are the people that like the hoorah side of it, and there are fans, like I compare it to Marvel, there are the Captain America fans, and then there's the Red Skull fans. And I sometimes find myself being the Red Skull fan because I want to see the flip switch. I want to see what it's like to be on the other side of good, which is the ultimate bad. And being seen as good and then suddenly being bad is something that Star Wars does and now is has been just enveloped in the comic book culture even before Star Wars. And it's just and it's just absolutely fascinating. And I and I really can't wait to see Superman Red Sun, what it brings about. And I'm super excited, Scott. You've got me hooked now. You've got me hooked to see what this plays out as. Well, they're kind of doing it on Supergirl this season. That's true. They are. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, they've brought... Hmm, they've kind of... I mean, you've... Have you seen Supergirl this season? Yeah, I've been watching yeah. little bits and pieces here. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't brought in the duplicate. Yeah. Yeah, no, not she yet. She has been brought in, but she hasn't been... Well, came out. A wee bit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, I feel that will get done in the back half of this, this part of this, this uh, season four. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the anime movie. Oh, it's going to be so good. 
and DC, as I said, as, it's the one thing I've always said. DC is good for their TV shows and their animated stuff. Yes. Whereas Marvel, right there, are better for their babies, but not so much their TV stuff. And their animation stuff hasn't been so great in the last few years. Right, right. So, like, both companies have their, their goods and their bads. And, uh, yeah, the DC kick Marvel's butt every time when it comes to animation. Movies. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then like, our cartoons as well. Yes. Yes, I I absolutely love what DC has always done with their animated projects, and it's it's always been enveloped in the culture, ever since Kevin Conroy did Batman. That was always the big thing for me. <laughs> that was always that was the one thing for me as a Batman fan. I'm like, when are we going to see Batman animated with that iconic just just Batman voice in the animated form? And that's what Kevin Conroy gave to us. And I still watch those left and right all the time, just whether it's through oh, Netflix really? or through, yeah, through Prime, whatever it is. Uh, I, whenever they show up on my on my thing, I'm like, I'm going to take a good 30 minutes and I'm just going to sit down and be enveloped back into the Batverse, well, as I like to say. Maybe one of the best Batman animated movies ever made, probably one of the best Batman movies ever made, um, which is Batman. Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, Mask of the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful piece. I love the... It's a beautiful piece. I just woke it up. Um, (laughs) It's just... um, It's just a beautiful movie. Um, Well-directed, well-voiced, well-cast. It's just... And also, it's a good origin story, really. Or Bruce, like as an adult, going to be Batman. So yeah, it's just it's just well done. I just I would love to have seen that in the theater. That's one of those ones that you you kind of look back on. You're like, oh, just give me give me a uh, give me the TARDIS. Let me go back. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go back into that. The- land the TARDIS in the theater. Yeah, and, and then walk out and then be like, oh, the Doctor has arrived. Freeform fandom comes to a conclusion as we move on to. The one part of the show that I, when Scott and I were thinking about this, for <laughs> I got super excited. We were running through all kinds of names, and Scott was the one in conversation with him that said, mm, let's see if we can twist this up a little bit. Let's see if we can take something from the prequels. As we know here, Brick City Blockade is a big piece of our conversation when it comes to Star Wars, and let's see what we can do to, for a name. So with my best Liam Neeson impression in hand... There's always a bigger question, uh, which is our fan question section here at Talking Far, Far Away. Scott is completely embarrassed. If you can't see that right now, oh, man, he is you, not happy about the way that I just said there's that. always a bigger fish. That's how you do There's always a bigger question. Is that better? Is that better? Or if yeah, keep... have to do it's battles. the first freaking episode of 2019. Give me a break. All right, Mr. Scott, take 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 your take your nighttime cold meds and, 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 and take that. And then for our... There's always a bigger question, fan questions. Our good friend, Mr. Ryan Bullock, of course, of the UK, active listener here at Brick City Blockade. Big shout out to you, Ryan. Always talking to you. And he poses a very, very interesting question here this week on Talking Far, Far Away. And it's, what are other live action TV series that you would like to see developed? Now, it, it whether this is Star Wars, whether this... Knowing our conversation has been around DC through our free freeform fandom. Um, Scott, let's give maybe one of each. Let's okay. do one in Star Wars and let's do one in DC. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go Star Wars, uh, Asia, and Throne. Mm, I like that answer. Uh, because I'm curious to see what that ended. <laughs> yes. Um, or uh, it has to be Anastasia or Throne or Sabine and Ahsoka. Yes. Because it, it ended on a kind of... Fair enough, it, 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 some of it came to a close, but it ended on a kind of, well, here, jumping off point. And DC... <sighs> Don't yeah. know. Here, I'll give my Star Wars one, and then I'll come back to you for the DC. How's that? For Star Wars, I would say Sabine and Ahsoka. That would be the one that would I would love to see Ryan be pulled out into another TV series, whether that is Favreau, whether that is Ryan Johnson, whether that is Filoni in works with Benioff and Weiss, please. That would be cool to see like almost like a Game of Thrones approach to what Sabine and Ahsoka are going through to try to find where Ezra is. And... I feel like you could see a connection between the Thrawn novel and what Sabine and Ahsoka are going through. Yes. Do you see Eli Vanto show up? Oh, yeah. yes. That, that would be fantastic. Do we see the Chiss Ascendancy? Do we see those blue faces? I'm blue. If I was green, I would die. You know, do we see some of that play itself out inside of a Sabine and Ahsoka live action show? Ryan, I'm so sorry I sang for you because I've totally destroyed Scott's night. And one of the most amazing things I think about that series is that we would finally get the two characters of Sabine and Ahsoka, two characters who were at first were seen as being very flawed, were not big pieces of the Star Wars story, take the focus in an animated or whether it's live action TV series. You could see it in either or, but mm-hmm. as a live action, it would be absolutely wonderful. So that would be my particular in particular star wars live action for dc scott i think for a live action series i would really like to see maybe i don't know maybe something around the penguin a little more yeah i know but just something a little like truly focused on the villains of the batman i know but what i'm trying to say yeah you have it as gotham but what about Tut? What about some of those other classic Batman villains? And you're able to take those and you're able to to, to protrude them a little bit more. See, I'm just saying that as somebody who likes the classic Batman, I would love to see not necessarily a modern take on those characters, yeah. but let's throw us back to them. Almost like what they're doing in the Joker film. Take mm-hmm. us back to what the, to that time period. What were those villains going through? What did they see? What did they... Gotham is doing that to a certain extent, but there are certain characters like King Tut that I would like to see played out a little bit more. And I feel like that's just my nostalgic side coming into the conversation when it comes to that. So that's my Star Wars, and that's my DC. After I've completely thrown Scott Inch off, Scott, what would be your DC choice for Mr. I Ryan? Go with... The Tyler, I think I can't pronounce his last name, but the guy who's played Superman on the CW show. <clears throat> oh. I would like to see a Superman show. Uh, a Superman because, show? Yeah, because after seeing what he's like in Supergirl, I would quite <laughs> like to see it all to him, but after what happened with him at the end of Elseworlds Part 3, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is way that you might not be able to do that yet. Okay. But the, the reason is, is because Lois Lane's pregnant. And I'm in the comics, mm-hmm. um, Lois and Clark have a son, so I would like to see how that works. Ah, yes, yes. So I'm looking for a kind of Superman, but don't call it Lois and Clark. Um, 
<laughs> but like a Superman show with the son, with them having to deal with a son, yeah. uh, which is in the comics. So yeah, that's that. I want a new Superman show because it doesn't look like DC are going to do a movie anytime soon. And if I hear you ever sing that song again, <laughs> I will never sing that song again, Scott. I promise. And probably for Ryan's sake, I should never sing that song again. That song's uh, twenty years old, and you had to destroy my. Sanity. So that was our there's always a question for this week here on Talking Far Far Away. Thank you to Mr. Ryan B himself over on Twitter. Make sure to check him out. We will be sharing out his Twitter handle here in the description of the podcast. A supporter of Brick City Blockade and everything positivity happening here at the network. Ryan, we love you, buddy. Keep up the awesome fandom fun that you are just sharing out on Twitter all the time. I love to see it. So we've come to that unfortunate time here on any show that we do here at the podcast network. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, you don't have to hear my singing anymore. It's a little thing we like to call what here at the podcast network, Mr. Scottish? It's plug time. Ah, plug time, you say, huh? I forgot oh. to do it. I haven't done it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you almost forgot the name of it. Uh, yeah. Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you? across social media you can find me on facebook at scottinch i had to think about that and at twitter at scottinch85 look it up all sorts of matter oh scott always has something interesting to contribute across social media that is for sure and usually it's a fair share of gifs and uh (laughs) interesting comments which uh, you can always find at his social media. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Make sure to check out all my tomfoolery and random turtle videos over on Instagram at the official vote. Please make sure to check out www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in the friendom, the fandom, everything that unites the Star Wars fans and all you comic book fans and canon fans as well. Scott's got some fantastic articles. He has some fantastic articles up there, also known as the Canon Files, and a lot of other fantastic Canon breakdowns. So please make sure to head on over to the website, check those out if you are falling behind on the Star Wars Canon or want some recommendations on how to follow that Canon list and get caught up along the way. And also, Patreon to support the network, T Public to rock the network. And our Galaxy of Joy program made possible by your friends here at Brick City and over at Starlight Children's Foundation, bringing smiles to kids' faces across the country, every penny at a time. Mr. Scott Inch, always a fantastic time talking to you here on Talking Far, Far Away. And as we always say, May the Force be with you. Always. Never gonna keep you up, never gonna let you down. <laughs>